Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a a dink a a dink a Oh, what a tooth! The two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another evening with Bing Crosby and Al Jolson and Jimmy Durante. What's cool about this week's episodes, one, there's big-name stars in all three episodes as guests. Also, all three episodes have pretty good sound quality, so it's neat to have them all sounding so great. We'll start off tonight with Bing Crosby, and on the Bing Crosby show uh, is Jimmy Stewart. And when Jimmy Stewart was featured on the Bing Crosby show, if you listen to all the all the Jimmy Stewart uh, guest appearances, it's pretty neat because he starts off as a single guy, and then eventually in later appearances, he gets married, and it's all about him getting married and things, and they talk about that and do little skits on that. Then later, uh, some of his later skits, they're about the fact that he's uh, has kids and about getting things for the for the kids, and so it's just kind of neat to see he's got a a character arc, but it's based on his real life, which is pretty neat. In this particular episode, we go back early enough that he hasn't even been married yet, so he's still single and uh, he'll be married very soon. But uh, it's just a neat chance for uh, Bing to make Jimmy Stewart. Uh, put him off um, kilter a little bit and make him a little uncomfortable. And that's the the main gist whenever Jimmy Stewart appears on Bing Crosby's show is Bing tries to make him feel uncomfortable. And, uh, and that's just humorous to see Jimmy Stewart put in that uh, role. And um, the, it was funny that we played one a couple of weeks ago from 1952, and he talks about how embarrassing it is to get a like a, uh, a washing machine, I think they were going to get and how, how that's an intimate item or something. And, and, uh, it's just the play that those two do. It's, it's fabulous. I love these Jimmy Stewart appearances. Well, after that, we will go right into the Jimmy Durante show. And on the Jimmy Durante show, his guest is Van Johnson and Van Johnson was the blonde actor that you might remember. He, um, started his motion picture career I believe in 1940 and his last one was like in 1992 I think and he had quite the career quite a diverse career of of various films to me and he was never like nominated for an Academy Award or anything he was just always a very um, genial presence on on the movies he was in and so forth so uh, just a really nice performer and and it's it's great to hear him on here 
And then closing out the evening, we'll have the Al Jolson show, of course, with Oscar Levant. And his guest is Edward Everett Horton. And Edward Everett Horton was around forever. He was uh, in uh, <laughs> all the way up through the 60s, but he started out in 1922, I believe, with his first film. So he was in silent pictures, sound pictures, color pictures, black and white pictures. <laughs> he was in there forever. And what he's probably best known for to our generation, or um, certainly the baby boomer generation, is for being the voice, the narrator, in the fractured fairy tales that come from the Bullwinkle show. So I thought I would go ahead and present one of those fractured fairy tales. So we're going to bring you Snow White, and we'll play that, and then we'll go right into the shows tonight, starting with Bing Crosby, of course. So... This fractured fairy tale of Snow White, the only thing I have to give away, because you're not going to be able to make it out, uh, because it's, of course, done as a cartoon, and you're just going to hear it. Most of it transfers really well, actually, and there's some great voice talent, of course, on the Bullwinkle show. Uh, but Ever Edward Everett Horton is the narrator, and at the end, they they, there's always this thing about, where's the seventh dwarf? Well, the seventh dwarf ends up being in the mirror and so it is uh, the voice of the mirror is the seventh dwarf and so that will make the whole skit make more sense to you when you hear the end of it anyway without further ado here's fractured fairy tales followed by bing crosby followed by the jimmy durante show followed by the al jolson show enjoy all three <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a beautiful but wicked queen. This queen would stand before her mirror for hours admiring herself. It was a very special kind of mirror. Mirror, mirror, coin machine. Am I still the cutest queen? You're still the best, but wise up fast. Snow White will soon go whizzing past. Snow White? Where can I find her? With dwarfs she dwells, those sawed-off mugs. And by the way, stop using slugs. And the queen got a poison apple to take to Snow White. An apple that would make her the victim of sleeping death. <laughs> In a little while, the queen was approaching the quaint old house of the seven dwarfs. It wasn't very difficult to find. Inside the house, a plan was taking shape. Now that's it, boys. Look sharp. This could be a gold mine, a veritable... Well, 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 welcome to the seven dwarfs health club. Looks like you got it just in time. Build it up, take it off, make it firm. That's what I always say. A sign here for the lifetime membership. Will you do that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's Snow White? I've got a little something for her. Soon as she eats it, I'll be the fairest in the land. Dear lady, did you know that you could be the fairest in the land forever? Forever? How? The Seven Dwarves Health Club, of course. Seven Dwarves? I see only six. Uh... You sure I could stay the fairest? Come on now, would I kill a queen? The vain queen was so desperate to stay the fairest that she signed the contract and gave her crown as payment. Then, one day, several weeks later... Mirror, mirror, put me straight. Snow White or me, now who's first rate? Good kid you are and rather sweet. But Snow White's the one, she's got you beat. 
So, once again, the queen got a poison apple and went to the seven dwarfs' house to find Snow White. But this time, the dwarfs had a brand new enterprise. Welcome. Welcome to the seven dwarfs' dance studio. Walk in, samba out. Never mind that. Is Snow White here? And one, two, three, and one, two, three. Cut that out. Where's Snow White? Never heard of her. Put a little fun in your life. Try dancing. Who's this big guy? I thought you were all dwarfs. Please, lady. Shh. Quiet. He's got grand trouble. It's nothing to laugh at. Now, this is for a lifetime membership to the dance club. Sure enough, this time the queen traded all her jewels to the dwarfs. And some weeks later... Mirror, mirror, one, two, three. Is there one as fair as me? Fair at what? Not dancing, pray. Snow White now leads in every way. The queen was clearly slipping fast. All right. Where's Snow White? Will you look at that posture? That hair. Oh, my dear, those claws. No good. If you want to be the fairest in the land, you'll need a lifetime membership. The Seven Dwarfs Charm School. Fairest in the land, eh? How much? At this time, the queen gave the deed to her castle to the dwarfs. So when she returned home, it was to an empty lot. Mirror, mirror, um... I know, I know. Snow White at the dwarfs' place. In that order. Listen, Wiseacre. Snow White isn't at the dwarf's place where you keep sending me. With dwarf she dwells and... All right, I'll show you. See, no Snow White here. Just dwarfs. Oh, will you look at that poor woman? A B1 deficiency. Now, how could you ever hope to be the fairest with improper diet? Improper diet? No, not meats. No yogurt. No wait, Jim. But I have nothing left to pay for anything. You need the Seven Dwarfs health food plan. Do you what? Just this mirror. That's all I have left. That's all? Okay, we'll take it. Here, and your health food plan starts with eating these poison... these apples. So the Wicked Queen wound up with nothing but her own poison apples. But suddenly... Pardon me, do you have a pay mirror I can use? Right over there. Is it a local... Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? Snow White is the fairest one, but getting there is half the fun. Oh, goody, goody, goody. That's me. I'm Snow White. No, there really is a Snow White. Get ready, boys, another pigeon. And if you want to stay the fairest, you'll need a lifetime membership in the Seven Dwarfs Health Club. Seven Dwarfs? I see only six. Isn't there a seventh one? Well, certainly there is. Meet Max. He has the most important job in our whole operation. Yeah. And boy, it's stuffy in there. This is a grim moment, I want to tell you right now. <laughs> When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter, welcoming you to Phil Call Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood, with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest, Jimmy Stewart. 
Now, with baseball's hot stove league already perusing the reports from the spring training camps, we bring you the chief masseur of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Bing Crosby. Ken, haven't you heard? No, what? I don't rub down the Pittsburgh team anymore. I've been promoted. Really? Yeah, I'm scouting for the team. Oh, you go out in the sticks to look for new players, huh? No, I go out in the woods and field trees, see if they make good bats. <laughs> field, get that good, tough balsam. Yes, well, that's, um, that's quite a job, a tree feeler. Yes, and if I make good next year, they're going to let me go out and field cows, see if they'll make good catcher's mitts. Bing, uh, huh? for the moment... Getting... The band's ahead of us. They really are. <laughs> we'll make them wait, though. For the moment, getting back to those trees, how can you tell if one will make a good bat? Ken, I never could do it alone. No. But I've got two very talented woodpeckers working with me, and they tap. Well, good luck to you, Bing, and I hope next year you're promoted to cows. Thank you. Uh, by the way, here it comes. Yes. Stand by, Ben. Yeah, stand by. <laughs> what part of a cow do they make baseball gloves out of? The part with the built-in fingers, of course. <laughs> Ken, let's drop this baseball chatter while I join the Rhythm Airs and John Scott Trotter in a bouncy bit of musical real estate titled 160 Acres. Come, children. I got 160 acres in the valley. I've got 160 acres of the best. Got a cold stove there that'll cook three square And a bunk where I can lay me down to rest Up at dawn to greet the sun I've forgotten what a care or worry means Head for home when day is done And the pocket money's jingling in my jeans I've got a hundred and sixty acres full of sunshine I've got a hundred and sixty million stars above Got an old paint horse, I'm the guy what's boss On the hundred and sixty acres that I love I've got a hundred and sixty acres in a valley. Use kids as loaded. I've got a hundred and sixty acres of the best. Who holds the mortgage? Got a cold stove there that'll cook three square. And a bunk where I can lay me down to rest. Up at dawn, Up at dawn to see the sun. High as sun. I've forgotten what a care or worry means. Head for home. I'm going home. When day is done, the sun is gone, and the pocket money's a jingling in my jeans. I got a hundred and sixty acres full of sunshine. I got a hundred and sixty million stars above me. Got an old paint horse. I'm the guy who's boss on the hundred and sixty acres that I love. On the hundred and sixty acres. Entertaining, begging with the mayor's a lot of work too. 160 mm -hmm. acres sure is a lot of land. A lot, sure. Oh, up in Nevada, 160 acres is just a little mud on your boots. Well, I know, but 
Down here in Southern California, that makes a pretty big ranch. I'd get lonesome on a place that big. You wouldn't be lonesome if you carried a Philco portable while you were plowing the South 40. You're so right, Bing. A Philco portable is great company anywhere. Yes, sir. Not only that, but Philco is a great company. Oh, you're just saying that so we'll work steady, I know. I'm with you. No, I'm... Keep talking, keep talking. I like it. (laughs) Don't worry, Bing, I will. You're a grand boy. Folks, Philco is bringing out some brand new portable radios. They not only give you powerhouse performance wherever you travel this spring, but they're funny stylish, too. Smart sets with a smart set. Lightweight and compact, their slick new plastic cabinets come in your choice of four different colors. They're real eye-catchers, and so is their price. Genuine Philco quality at sensationally low cost. If you're a full-time gadabout, get the new battery model. You stay-at-homes will go for the three-way jobs that play on battery, AC, or DC. But indoors or out, any of these new Philco plastic portables gives you championship performance in colorful, streamlined styles. They're tops for your money in portable radios from Philco, the leader. One of the late, great Waller Donaldson's finest songs was in the musical show Whoopi. Ruth Edding did it great. Love me or leave me Oh, let me be lonely You won't believe me And I love you only I'd rather be lonely Than happy with somebody else You might find the night time Right time for kissing Night time is my time For just reminiscing Regretting instead of forgetting With somebody else There'll be no one Unless that someone is you I intend to be so independently blue. I want your love, but I don't want to borrow to have it today and to give back tomorrow. For my love is your love. There's no love for nobody else For my love is your love I'm happy with nobody else Tonight's guest towel has been hung on the rack for the exclusive use of a gangling young man who's a flicker favorite with many successful starring roles to his credit. The bashful bachelor of Beverly Hills, Jimmy Stewart. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, bang. (laughs) Hey, Jim. Just by way of prying into your personal affairs, tell me, 
How is it you've managed to uh, remain a bachelor all these years? Ah, uh-huh. Is this the Crosby program or Luella Parsons? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm interested. I really am, Jimmy. How, how, how have you stayed single? Well, I guess it's because even though I talk sort of slow, I'm very fast on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it, then. I saw you at a party the other day surrounded by beautiful girls, and you were wearing track shoes. Yes, yes, I... Gotta have them for a speedy getaway. Naturally. Of course, I never spike the girls. Unless I'm cornered, of course. (laughs) Well, do you wear these spike shoes all the time, Jim? Oh, sure. The other night, I was thrown out of the Macombo for scratching up the dance floor and the cigarette girl. (laughs) Well, even though I I realize that you're one of the few bachelors left in Hollywood, uh, aren't you a little more jittery than usual? Well, you'd be jittery too, Bing. This is leap year. Oh, yes. 366 Sadie Hawkins days. Uh, you're, uh, you're married, aren't you, Bing? Very. <laughs> well, I might consider marriage if uh, somebody could give me one good reason. Oh, I've got four. Oh, I forgot Dixie. Five. Five. <laughs> uh, now, there's something I haven't thought much about, Bing. Kids. Gee, I'm crazy about kids. Then get busy. I... <laughs> <laughs> I want that third cornet player with us all the time. He laughs more than Milton Berle's mother. You know, Bing, I I really would like to settle down, take life easy, and raise a lot of children. I'll make up your mind, Jimmy. You want to take it easy or raise kids? They're different. (laughs) Different categories entirely. They are. Sure. I thought in marriage, the wife takes care of the baby. That's a fallacy, James. Why, in my day, I've swallowed more safety pins than a busy dressmaker, and I include Ori <laughs> Kelly, any of the big boys around Is that there. Right? Yes. Yeah. But I'll say one thing for Dixie. Every time I swallowed a pin, she was right there with the magnet. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish I wasn't so darn bashful around women. They really upset you, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, be darned. Yes, it does. Jimmy, I've seen you in your new picture, that Northside 777. You managed to overcome your embarrassment long enough to kiss that girl. If you can kiss a gal in the movies, why can't you do it with a gal at home? Well, it's a little dangerous, Bang. At home, I don't have a director around to yell, cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, (laughs) Some of them do hang on, as I recall. (laughs) Even in those days. Yeah. Well, you're just bashful with the fair sex, huh, Jim? I, it's hereditary, I guess, Ben. My father was the same way. I, he was so bashful that when he, when he was courting my mother back in the horse and buggy days, mother used to ride in the buggy and dad rode up with the horses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my brother, Everett, he did something like that when he was courting up in Spokane. What's that, Ben? Well, he couldn't afford horses, so he wouldn't date any girl who wasn't strong enough to pull the buggy. <laughs> Everett's a big, strong fella. Why would he let a girl pull the buggy? Well, he likes to drive. Oh. But he... but he was very gallant. He never used a whip. Well, if you get a girl that's willing, you don't really need one. <laughs> well, getting back to your dad, Jim, you say he was more bashful than you? Oh, I guess it's about a toss-up, Bang. Sort of a shy tie, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I... You know, I won't take a girl to the movies unless the theater's crowded. Why a crowded theater? Well, so we don't have to sit together. (laughs) Of course, uh... (laughs) 
That runs into money. Runs into money? How, what do you mean? Two separate bags of popcorn every time. <laughs> well, you ought to sit with your girl at the movies. And besides just one sack of popcorn, that's a lot more fun. Yeah? Sure. You see, as soon as your girl reaches in the sack for some corn, you sneak in there with her and you hold hands. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you used to do that back? Sure. Saved plenty of loot that way, Jim. <laughs> sack of popcorn lasts me three or four months. Oh, it... <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't see how two people can get their hands into one little sack of popcorn at the same time. Well, it's, it's tricky, but after you get a little butter on your hands, they slip in the sack. <laughs> I might have been okay for you, Bing, but when I go to a movie, I'm, I'm there to eat popcorn. I'm... <laughs> Not for squeezing any salty fingers. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you don't eat popcorn during your own pictures. Bing. Hmm. Without popcorn, my pictures are nothing. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, move over, friend. <laughs> I don't understand how you ever escaped marriage, track shoes or not. You know what you need, Jim? You need a girl who's shy and retiring, just like you are. Well, my type doesn't interest me. <laughs> You know, you know, uh, Bing, women are getting bolder and bolder every year. You know? uh, I wouldn't know. I don't get out of the house much. Oh, you don't? <laughs> you just take my word for it. They've really got a lot of nerve. I just look at those ankle-length dressings they're wearing now. You, you know? think it takes uh, nerve to wear one of those, huh? Well, would you wear one? Oh, yeah, but I'll wear anything. Oh. <laughs> When it comes to clothes, Bing, you sure are brave. Well, it's, it's sheer madness, not bravery. Really? <laughs> and, Jimmy, if you'd adopt a more reckless attitude toward women, you'd be better off. You really think Positive. so? Positive. You ought to get married, Jim. Gee, at night when you come home, there'll be somebody at the door to throw her arms around you and shower you with affection. Yeah, well, that's if I come home on time, of course. <laughs> this boy knows. Sure, my parents were married, you know, Bing. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I, I really don't need a wife. When I come home, I just like to sit by the fire all by myself and smoke. Well, you ought to have a wife to bring you your pipe and tobacco. Oh, I don't use tobacco. Well, then how do you smoke? Well, I'm absent-minded. I always get a little too close to the fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you are. That wouldn't happen if you had a woman around. You no, know, it wouldn't happen if I had a screen in front of the fireplace. <laughs> I'd better get a wife to watch over you, I guess. Oh, no, don't bother, Bang. It's, it's nearly spring, and I won't be using the fireplace much. <laughs> I insist, Jimmy. I, I'm going to get you married, I swear. If it's oh, the last now, thing I... Why don't you lay off? A guy me, like ben. you ought to be married. Well, let me see. What girl would I pick for you? No, never mind, Ben. Let's no. see. Eddie Cantor's got some daughters left over. Cantor always has daughters left over. <laughs> now, you don't worry. I'll find a nice gal for you, Jimmy. Do you, what do you mean, don't worry? Mm. This whole thing's terrifying. Nonsense, Jimmy. There's nothing to it. I'll show you how easy it is to get married. Well, just a minute. Don't be no, difficult. Wait. Just to get you ready, we'll act the whole thing out. To make things easy for you, I'll be the groom, and I'll let you be the bride. Well, just take it easy. Take it easy. I know less about being the bride than I do about being the groom. <laughs> <laughs> just pretend you're a girl and do what comes naturally. Now, pay close attention, Jim. Mr. Carpenter, will you take charge? Well, gladly, Bing. I, I do love a wedding. Me too. I love a parade. <laughs> All right, after the wedding, we'll have a parade. Now stand still and stop fidgeting. You're the bride. And so, Harry and Jim Ima were married. 
Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I'm, I'm very happy, darling. Me too, sweetheart. Come on, let's jump on the train. And so our happy honeymooners take the train to Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Niagara Falls. Oh, Jemima, darling, look at the falls. Aren't they beautiful? Stand over there. I want to take a snapshot of you. Let's check in on the hotel. <laughs> Fellas at the office gave me this peachy Kodak at my bachelor dinner, and if I don't bring back lots of snaps, they'll think I just didn't want to take pictures. Well, the girls in my office gave me a beautiful negligee to wear, and I'm dying to try it on. I, <laughs> I know. I know. You run up to the room and put it on, then come back and I'll take some pictures of it. Let's check into the hotel. Okay. Hello, room clerk. My name is Harry Crosby, and this is my bride. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> yes, we were, we, were, we were just married. So I noticed the bride still has track shoes on. <laughs> This isn't helping anything. No, I'm not learning anything more about marriage. <laughs> now, I tell you what let's do. We'll start the whole thing over, and inasmuch as I'm going to see to it that you wind up as a groom this year, you'll be the husband, and I'll be the wife. All right. Here, you put on this veil. <laughs> Carpenter, reset the scene. And so, Jimmy married Harriet. I'm so happy, sweetheart. I'm scared to death. Stop wiping your nose with your veil, sweetheart. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, Jimmy, let's jump on the train. And so the little bride carried her struggling husband aboard the train to Buffalo, New York. We took a milk train this time. <laughs> boo -hoo, boo -hoo, oh, stop boo crying. I'm the bride. Come on, let's check in the hotel. Oh, stop dragging me. <laughs> well, well, well. Newlyweds. Yes, yes. I'm Mr. Stewart, and this is my bride, Miss Harriet Crosby. Darling, we're married now. Oh, pardon me. Oh, Mrs. Harriet Crosby. <laughs> Oh, he's gorgeous. <laughs> we, we like a night... Uh, we like an outside... <laughs> With lemon. <laughs> we, we like an outside room so we can take snapshots. Now, just a minute. Weren't you two here before? Yes, but I was the bride then. <laughs> Well, let's try this whole thing once again, and I'll be the bride. <laughs> Not very enlightening. It still, still doesn't sway me. I'm going to stay single. Now, don't be too sure. Your spikes may fail you. You're liable to run into a gal who's got track shoes on herself. Well, if I do, I'll resort to my ace in the hole. Are you holding out on me? Yeah. Yeah, when I was in the Army, I learned the best defense is an offense. What have you got? Surefire offense. 
I sing. <laughs> Your singing is an offense? When I sing, it's as offensive as you can get. <laughs> well, what song do you do? Something uh, romantic, I trust? Uh, no, no, I've got a special number that frightened women so much that they never come near me again. It's a sort of a vocal DDT. <laughs> Don't get any on me, Jimmy, but let's hear it, huh? Now I'm a wolf of Wolf Creek Pass. I'm just as smooth as silk and just as sharp as glass. I got a Cadillac coupe with a built-in bar, a 40-tube radio equipped with radar. The upholster is made of nylon on the top of silk. You press a button on the dashboard and out pops malted milk. Ow! Ow! I'm the only guy who really cooks with gas. Just call me the wolf of Wolf Creek Pass. Now I'm a wolf. You can't deny I'm just as slick as a weasel and just as sly. I got a voice like Sinatra, but there's much more appeal. When I sing, they scream, not squeal. Now, I'm sick of all this raving about the voice when there's no doubt that I'm the lady's choice. Ow! <laughs> Ow! I'm the only guy who really cooks with gas. Just call me the wolf. Wolf Creek Pass. Now I'm a wolf, but I got charms. When I start to burn, I'm a forearm. I'm tall like Gary Cooper, and I got muscles to boot. I even look like Walter Pigeon in a $13 suit. I got a call from Ingrid Bergman, and that's true, I swear. Can I help it if I'm so handsome and debonair? guy who really cooks with gas just call me the wolf of wolf creek pass now i'm the wolf of world renown i'll be the best of the best comes round i got a brand new whistle that's guaranteed to make the gals come running on a small stampede now if you'll listen very closely you'll see how they fall it's a combination whistle with a real wolf call I really cooks with gas on all four burners. Just call me the wolf of Wolf Street Pass. Really great. They ought to work out fine, too, because once the girls get to thinking you're a wolf, they'll run for cover every time. I certainly hope so, Bing. Just those few minutes we spent at Niagara Falls made a wreck out of me, you know? <laughs> I still think you ought to get married, Jim. Well, if I do, Bing, I'll have it transcribed for release at my convenience. <laughs> well, when you pick the girl and the date... Jimmy, give me a call, will you? Because I'm doing a little outside singing these days. I'm available for weddings, barbershop quartets, barbecues, and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> and Jimmy, be sure and let me know if you're going to take the big step. What for, Ken? Well, I want to send you a wedding present, a nice uh, Philco console. Oh, for free? Certainly. Oh, this man gives things away. Bing, Philco's giving everybody a bonus these days. Plenty of record storage space in those new Philco consoles. And you're really in the business for easy listening anytime you stack a pile of records on Philco's super smooth automatic changer. These slick Philco radio phonographs give you the works for jiving, dancing, or long hair sessions. A solid half hour to clip. 
And thanks to the research program of the Philco Laboratories, you're as good as right there under the bandstand or down front in the concert hall without budging from your chair. You get brilliant on-the-spot performance, tone that sends you out of this world. And you can kiss the noise goodbye with Philco's sensational electronic scratch eliminator. No hiss, no screech, no scratch. It automatically tunes out surface noise and needle scratch, leaving you the music against a background of blissful silence. Philco Research is like that. Always out front for easier listening at the lowest possible cost to you. And it all pays off in more for your money. The top radio value at every price from the world's largest radio manufacturer, Philco, famous for quality the world over. From the road to Rio, a paramount picture which features an old aunt of mine, we bring you now the ballad. Love is funny Or it's sad Or it's quiet Or it's mad It's a good thing Or it's bad But beautiful Beautiful to take a chance And if you fall, you fall And I'm thinking I wouldn't mind at all Love is tearful Or it's gay it's a problem for its play. It's a heartache either way, but beautiful. And I'm thinking if you were mine, I never let you go And that would be But beautiful I know thinking if you were mine I'd never let you go and that would be but beautiful That about wraps it up for Cessoir, but I want to say it's been jolly. Many thanks to Jimmy Stewart for coming over tonight. 
He was stubborn, but charming. Oh, Bing, I'm sorry if I was stubborn, but you know the old saying, once bitten, twice shy. You know? Jimmy, you've been married before? Oh, gosh, no, nothing like that. But you see, Bing, I proposed to a girl, and she turned me down. She turned you down? Yeah, Ruben broke my heart. Oh, I didn't know that, Jimmy. I'm sorry. When did this girl spurn you? Uh, I was in the fourth grade. <laughs> fourth grade? Oh, well, Jim, you, you should have pulled out of that by now. She was, she was just a kid. Kid nothing. She was in the eighth grade. Oh. One of those older girls. Well, no matter what happens, Jim, good luck. Thanks, Bang. Thanks very much. Say, who's your guest next week? Miss Margaret O'Brien. Margaret O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Say, she's real cute. Yeah, she know? sure is. We're going to do a big St. Patrick's Day program. Uh, sure and catch it. Good night, Bang. Good night, Jimmy. Good night, folks, and thank you very much. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Tune in to Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guest, Margaret O'Brien. And keep your eye on your Philco dealer now for the newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader. health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, it's the Jimmy Durante Show. Yes, 10,000 Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top-quality Rexall drug products bring you the Jimmy Durante Show with Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy, and his orchestra, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly, Howard Petrie. Victor Moore is vacationing this week, so we have as our guest this evening Metro-Golden-Mayer's great star, Van Johnson. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Rexall's prescription for a pleasant evening, the one and only Jimmy Durante, in person... Gotta start off each day with a song Now even when things go wrong You feel better, you even look better Stop the music, stop the music At this time, ladies and gentlemen I'm gonna sing a note higher than any note that's ever been sung Ha! Don't tell Dick Tracy, folks It's my voice that's been breaking those street lamps <laughs> Last time I sang a note like that, my canary threw himself to the cat. Gosh, <laughs> Naj, you're really cooking with killer cycles tonight. In fact, I might add that your scintillating witticisms and epigrammatic jocosities are calculated to levitate one's risibilities. What's your language, Mr. Petrie? What's your language? I don't know what he said, folks, but words that long can't be clean. <laughs> but, Howard, tonight you're looking at a very unhappy youth. <laughs> Last week they offered me the tight role in a big picture But I turned it down 
I didn't like the costume. You didn't like the costume? What, what, what was the picture? The Naked City. <laughs> they had to offer the part to me. I'm the only guy in pictures who can hide behind his nose. <laughs> well, Snars, aren't you a little too busy for pictures, what with your international political commitments? Precisely, Howard. Why, just this morning, I received the flash from Marshal Steelen. Marshal Steelen? Oh, no, Jim. Don't you mean Stalin? No, Steelen. I use the Romanian pronunciation. <laughs> Ah, Durante, you, you must have been Simonized this morning. You're shining tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you certainly are, Schnaz. Say, what was that flash you got from Stalin? Here it is, folks, and I quote, Russia has just announced she's going to give back Romania, Hungary, Finland, Estonia, and Czechoslovakia. Don't you believe it? <laughs> Boy, what a jam they'd be in if they're ever on truth or consequences. <laughs> but to digest from the foreign to the domestic front, I've got a plan that will ensure my election. It's called the Durani Plan for Promoting Romance. An idea that came to me while in the Paramount balcony. <laughs> the Durani Plan for Promoting Romance? How does it work, Jim? Very simple. It provides that if a fella don't kiss a girl in the first 15 minutes, the government gives him a shot of peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> Fella don't kiss a girl in the first half hour, the government gives him a shot of sulfonilonite. <laughs> and if he don't kiss her in the first hour, yes, we give him a sleeping pill and send in another guy. <laughs> we always carry a spare in the vestibule. <laughs> Why, I'm practically in the White House now, Howard. All I need is a campaign manager that'll ensure the women's vote for me. Step aside, boys. It's hot breath. Hoolahan. Don't get so close, you're melting the paint on my hoover button. <laughs> Durante, I can help you politically. You know, Truman was one of the judges of my last beauty contest. Did he pick you? No. He picked a fat girl. Instead of you, the president picked a fat girl? How come? It's an election year, and he wants a perfect 48. <laughs> Yes, yes, I can understand that. Now, look, Miss Houlihan, all I'm interested in is getting plenty of votes. Well, uh, I've started a progressive movement, and I've got quite a large following. With a movement like that, I'd like to follow you myself. <laughs> Let up on your throttles, Sonny, before you burn out a bearing. Now, <laughs> now wait a minute, Miss Houlihan. You may not realize it, but I happen to be a man of parts. Yeah, and you could sue the guy who put them together. <laughs> well, uh, I'll see you later, lover lips. Uh, it gets around, it gets around. <laughs> Jimmy, take my advice. If you want to get collected, you'd better formulate a strong foreign policy. Yeah, so what are you going to do about inflation? I think the taxes are too high. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody's trying to figure out what's wrong with the country. Well, I'm proud to say I've solved the case. Cause after dilly-dallying, shilly-shallying, I've reached a concussion. The state of Arkansas is in the wrong place. Why nobody ever thought of it before, I'll never know. It's a simple little move, but what improvements it'll show. Move the state of Arkansas to Nebraska. 
Then move Nebraska to Idaho. Then move the state of Idaho to Alaska. And move Alaska to Ohio. It took a lot of time and brain work. See the wrinkles on my brow. There's a lot of little details, but I'm working on them now. Move Ohio to Nevada. It's as plain as ABC. Then we'll move Nevada where our Kansas used to be. We'll have a better nation just by changing the location of the state of Arkansas. Let me show you what I mean. If you move Arkansas, you gotta move it someplace, right? Right. If you move it someplace, you gotta move what was someplace to someplace else, right? Right. And if you move what was someplace else to someplace else, you gotta move what was someplace else to some other place else, right? Right. Wrong! <laughs> I always admire a guy who speaks his mind. <laughs> My plan is to move all the states to better places. I take Nebraska and put it in Rhode Island. I take Minnesota and put it in Rhode Island. I take Montana and put it in Rhode Island. Poor little Rhode Island just split at the seams. <laughs> After that, I'd move New Mexico to Texas, Texas to Pennsylvania. Then I'd take the state of Missouri and move it to. Don't get mad, Mr. Truman. I'll put it back. <laughs> we'll have a better nation just by changing the location of the state of Arkansas. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Yes, you can be sure that more than 2,000 different drug products are pure when they bear the name Rexall. For the familiar name Rexall stands for purity, quality, and reliability in a complete line of drug products. It's no wonder that Rexall has won first place in the medicine cabinets of millions of American homes. So for any, and for all, of your drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores throughout the nation, where 25% of America buys its drug products. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Ah, uh, Howard, you read that commercial with Vim, Vigor, and Abbott of Poise. <laughs> I wish I had your vitality, but I didn't sleep a wink all night. Every minute the phone kept ringing. Wrong number, wrong number. I tell you, I gotta get my phone number changed. People keep ringing your number by mistake, Jim. They say, what is your number? Northside 776. <laughs> I don't mind that so much, but they keep asking what time my shorts go on. <laughs> Jimmy, if they were calling Northside 777, they were probably some of James Stewart's girlfriends. Now, could you turn down dates with such popular glamour girls? I don't have to rely on that, Howard. I know a few reigning beauties myself. <laughs> this isn't exactly a beauty, but it's certainly reigning. Why, it's my old pal, Mr. Ripple, Commissioner of Waterways. What's on your mind, Mr. Ripple? I brought my little boy, Trickle, over to meet Bram Johnson. Say hello to Mr. Durrani, Trickle. Well, how do you do? 
what the California farmers would give for a trickle like this. Very funny. Very funny. That's the first time I ever heard a soggy echo. So you came over to see Van Johnson, huh, Sonny? Yeah, but I think you're prettier than here. Do you really? <laughs> do you really mean that, son? No, but I want to be back on the program next week. <laughs> no. I'm glad they left. The tide was carrying me out to sea. Don't look now, but your anchor is dragging. Why, it's Van Johnson. Ah, Van, it's a pleasure to see you again. Ah, Jimmy, it's a pleasure to see that schnoz of yours. Flatterer. <laughs> but might I say, Van, you have a cute nose, too. Oh, thanks, Jim, but when it comes to noses, I'm a retailer. You're a wholesaler. That's no... <laughs> if I could find another face with a good location, I'd open up a branch office. <laughs> but, Van, I wish I had the kissing technique that you use in pictures. Well, Jimmy... Learning how to kiss a girl just takes practice, that's all. That's all there is to it. Practice, practice, practice. Van, can I ask you one thing? Sure. What do you do with your old targets? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that kind of carrying time. Forgive me for saying this, Jimmy, but I'm afraid you're a little out of your depth. Why, I've kissed women that wouldn't even look at you. So what? I've kissed women that wouldn't look at me either. <laughs> I know how they feel. Sometimes while shaving, I have to turn away myself. <laughs> but Van, as one leading man to another, would you care to trade beauty secrets with me? Well, Hammaker doesn't tell Schlemmaker, but what's on your mind? Well, tell me, how do you get your eyelashes so curly? <laughs> does, does everything. <laughs> but what about you, Jimmy? How do you get that sparkle in your eyes? Oxidol works, too. <laughs> but while we're on the subject, Van, I think it's very cute the way the freckles on your forehead spell out your new picture, State of the Union. <laughs> Thanks for the plug, Schnoz. And speaking of the State of the Union, how's your political campaign coming along? Extemporaneous, Van. Extemporaneous. If I can get the women's vote, I'm a cinch to win this year. The women's vote? Oh, Jimmy, I've got it. I've got the campaign slogan that'll get you elected. Vote for Durante. Take the women out of the kitchen and put them into the living room. Take them out of the kitchen and put them in the living room? How are they going to cook? Long handles on the frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million of them. I got a million of them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That great buddy wants to get into the act. <laughs> Man, that's colossal. Why, you're the logical trick. <laughs> Why, you're the logical choice for my campaign manager. Well, why didn't you think of me before? I've been right here under your nose. No wonder I couldn't see it. <laughs> but, Van, here's a chance to test your charms. Here comes one of the most feminine type females I know. It's Peggy Lee. In person? Well. <laughs> Go ahead, Van. See if you can help Durante in his campaign. Okay. Uh, Miss Lee, I'm Van Johnson. Now, tell me, would you... Would, if... would I? Oh, Van, I'd do anything for you, anything. And every other woman in the country feels the same way. How do you like that? He's supposed... 
I wish the ushers hadn't let them in. <laughs> well, I don't suppose it's worthwhile telling him a lion after that. How do you like that? He's supposed to be campaigning for me, and he's practically in office. Uh, wait I know a I minute, shouldn't have Jimmy. said it. <laughs> I'm working for you, Jimmy. Now, Peggy, what do you say we meet after the show tonight and go for a nice long ride in my new convertible? Please, Van, I'll take her for a ride in my convertible. But I'll buy her orchids. I'll buy her orchids. I'll take her to Ciro's. I'll take her to Ciro's. I'll take her inside. <laughs> Sneak. Well, this is a switch. It's the first time I've heard of anybody fighting before they got to Ciro's. Ah, Ben and I would never fight, Peggy. Why don't you sing something while we nap out our campaign? Okay, Jimmy, let me hit you with a little song that's sweeping the country. It's about the girls behind the typewriters, and it's Jackie Barnett's secretary song. <laughs> Bitty-bot-bot, bitty-bot-bot, space. Bitty-bot-bot, type the bot-bot in place. Bitty-bot-bot, and you'll never go wrong. That's the Mary Secretary song. Bitty-bot-bot, bitty-bot-bot, dot. Bitty-bot-bot, you're improving a lot. Bitty-bot-bot, as you rock it along, that's a merry secretary song. She has a lot of fun, and when her work is done, the fellows gather round in a bunch, cause they can hardly wait to see which one she'll date when she's off from 12 to 1. Biddy bot bot, that's the beat she plays. Biddy bot bot, do it right, get a raise. Biddy bot bot, keep the rhythm strong. That's the Mary Secretary song. Good morning, Mr. Jones. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Smith. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Kleibheimer. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Finish a letter two pages long. Then you find that the carbon was put in wrong. The machines are going, it's getting louder. Into the powder room. Put on some powder. Boss is calling, quick, grab your book. Bitty-bop-bop, that's the beat she plays. Bitty-bop-bop, do it right, get a raise. Bitty-bop-bop, keep the rhythm strong. That's a merry secretary song. Bitty-bop-bop, Here's a 60-second story from the Rexall Laboratory. You'd have a difficult time weighing a pencil mark on your bathroom scales, wouldn't you? But the Rexall Control Laboratory uses scales technically called apothecary's balances, 
which can weigh tiny quantities of drug ingredients as light as pencil marks in a few seconds. These extremely sensitive scales, so delicate they must be read with microscopes, can determine weight to a 30 ten-thousandths part of an ounce. In the Rexall Control Laboratory, that means accuracy. Accuracy in the testing, analyzing, and compounding of drug products. The scientific care taken in this great laboratory to assure that all measurements are accurate is a big reason why you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. So for any and for all of your household drug needs, always buy Rexall at Rexall drugstores everywhere. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. Well, Van, you're my campaign manager now. Come on, we'll canvas this country from San Badu to Kalamazoo. I'm with you, Jimmy. Oh, Van Johnson, take off your shirt. Take off your shirt. Please take off your shirt. Wait a minute. Why should I take off my shirt? I'm a Sinatra fan, and I've never seen a chest before. <laughs> I show up my chest, but I forgot to put air in it today. <laughs> Come on, Van. Come on, Peggy. Let's start our campaign tour and check up on the State of the Union. Well, where are we going to start on our tour, Jimmy? Van, in this country, it doesn't make any difference where you start. I'll tell you what I mean. And any state in the 48th is great. The 48th is great, and any state is a reason we should celebrate. We ought to celebrate in any location throughout the nation. Lots of voters are found. So we know for sure we've arranged a tour. Durante, you sure get around. We've a magic carpet to take this trip. We pull a string and away we rip. Boy, this magic carpet sure goes fast. Gosh, Jimmy, what was that? Some fresh high school kid on a hopped-up Turkish towel. <laughs> Any state in the 48th is great. Oh, Van, Van, look down there. Do you recognize those buildings? Oh, who doesn't? That's New York. Including Brooklyn and the Bronx. The Bowery, Broadway, and the Harlem Hunky Tonks. The clatter of the subways underground. The patter of people running around. The Brooklyn Dodgers and the Met. Park Avenue, the upper set. New York! Go on down, fellas, and see how the voters in the big town feel about Durante. I'll pick you up on the next downbeat. Okay, Van, let's go. What are you two ludicrous peasants doing in my penthouse? <laughs> she sounds like she was born with a silver spoon in her mouth and forgot to take it out. <laughs> Madam, my name is Van Johnson, and this is my candidate, Jimmy Durante. We're conducting a survey. Have a seat. How excruciating. My name is Mrs. Van Peister Heister Del Reister Meister Van Pelt. In that case, have two seats. <laughs> 
Tell us, madam, what do you think about my candidate, Mr. Durante? I think he's simply scrumptious. <laughs> Here, I'll donate $8 million to the campaign fund. Just a minute. How come you happen to have $8 million right in your hand? I was just on my way to buy a set of electric trains for my little boy. $8 million for electric trains? Yes. I'm buying Junior the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. <laughs> Well, can we count on your vote, Mrs. Van Pelt? Well, what do you propose to do for the women of America? Madam, my candidate stands for a program of female emancipation. Indubitably. I think the women of this country spend too many long hours taking care of little tiny babies. Well, what is your solution? Shorter hours and longer babies. <laughs> well, that takes care of New York. Any state in the 48th is great. We're heading south. That city in the distance looks familiar. See, I think I know where we are. Yes, it's New Orleans. What a combination I've seen. New Orleans. Where Dixieland gets low down. The Mississippi heads for a showdown. That's what it Here's the next stop, fellas. Let's see how you rate in the good old South Land. Let's drop down, fam. And uh, New Orleans. What a town. Basin Street, the French Quarter, clam chowder. Yeah, what a shame we couldn't have been here for the Mardi Gras. <laughs> Jimmy, that's Mardi Gras. The S is pronounced R as in patty de foie gras and vichyssoise. Well, in that case, let's go sit on the ground and have a glare of sassafras. <laughs> Ah, Durante, I love the way you polyvoot. <laughs> well, Van, let's check on the woman's vote. Well, there's a cute little southern belle sitting under that magnolia tree. Hello, miss. My name is Van Johnson, and this is my candidate, Jimmy Durante. Tell me, miss, how does Durante stand down here? Well, we out here in the Deep South always votes for candidates from the Deep South. Is you all from the Deep South? Is we all from the Deep South? <laughs> well, con my pone, pan my fritter, and bowl my weevil. This here magnolia blossom want to know is we all from the deep south, Colonel Durante? <laughs> Why, sure enough, funny child. Sure enough. Can't you all tell by looking at me all? Why, I've got the fuzz of Georgia peaches on my cheeks, the sun of Carolina on my brow, and the dew of Alhambra on my lips. <laughs> well, what's that on your head? Before the grasshoppers got to it, that was genuine Kentucky bluegrass. <laughs> That's a joke, son. That's a joke, son. Well, have we convinced you, honeysuckle? Yeah, so I'm going to vote for you, Mr. Durante. And as for you, Mr. Johnson, I'll get in your van any time. <laughs> then you did it again. Any state in the 48 is great. Where to now, Jimmy? That little town down there looks all right. What's the name of the town? I don't know. Let's pull in and read the sign. There's one. It's a little town in Arkansas. It hasn't any fame. A little town in Arkansas. Beaver tells the name. Oh, it's not a great big city, but they don't care a bit. You've heard of one horse towns before. Well, brother, this is it. Oh, Beaver Town. 
you right in the hill country. We're off again, Van. So this is real hillbilly country, Van. Look, there's a still in back of one of those trees. Yeah, and look at the man standing in front of it. Barefooted, tatted clothes, and a matted beard. Hi there, neighbor. Are you a moonshiner? I ain't a man of distinction. <laughs> now get moving, your honor, a long-livered polecat. Get off my property or I'll fill you full of buckshot. Here's a friendship that could ripen into nothing. Go on, you dad burn revenueers. Wait a minute, mister. We're not revenue officers. Then why is your friend pointing that double-barrel shotgun at me? That's no shotgun. That's his nose. I didn't know it was loaded. Now look, neighbor. We're conducting a political survey. That's right. Tell us. Are you willing to vote for Durrani? Can't say as a rightly no. I've been ignored for 16 years, ain't seen another human being, nobody will talk to me, the seat of my pants is out, and I ain't got a nickel in my name. Pretty obvious this guy is a Republican. <laughs> the tour is concluded. Take me home, Mr. Johnson. Any state in the 48 is great. New York, New Orleans, Beaver Tail. You can travel north, south, east, or west. No matter where you are, Durrani meets the test. It's great, wonderful, marvelous, stupendous. Any state in the 48 is great. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. You can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Howard, and I'd like to add... I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs, and furthermore, Umbriago, he prefers them too. We buy Rexall, that's all. How do you do? Now, who will speak with you when we're far away? Let me hear it, I know my soul. Note, Mr. Happy note, Mr. Petrie. Yes, and I know why you're happy, Jimmy. You've just been elected president of the National Dunking Association. Anana well deserved. <laughs> you see, I'm the guy that invented the hole in the donut. Jimmy, you invented the hole in the donut? Yeah, one day I was eating a cookie and my nose punched a hole in the center. <laughs> well, Rex, all for tonight, folks. Victor Moore will be back next week. How about you, Jimmy? Got a word to say finally? Yes. And I want to say this is Jimmy Durante in person who says goodnight, folks. And if you like the show, tell your Rexall druggist. He's one of my bosses. I got a million of them, coast to coast. Good, good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. This program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. Van Johnson is currently starred with Allison and Metro Golden This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, 
Edward Everett Harden. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April a shower comes Good evening, folks. Good evening. This is Al Jolson in the old Craft Music Hall. I guess you all been reading the newspapers about the government reorganizing the Selective Service. You know, they didn't get me in that last draft. But uh, if there's another one, I'm afraid I'll have to go. You see, I'm now old enough. <laughs> but I ain't worrying, because just for luck, I carry around with me a four-leaf clover. And this little clover's got words and music on it. Take it, Lou. <laughs> I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked before. One leaf is sunshine, the second is rain. Third is the roses that bloom in the lane. No use explaining the one remaining is someone I adore. I'm looking over a four-leaf clover that I overlooked before. One leaf is sunshine, the second is rain. Third is roses that bloom in the lane. No use explaining, the one remaining is someone I adore I'm looking over A folly flower That I overlooked Before You know, Elsie boy yeah. Since you got back from Palm Springs You look just wonderful Really? You think so? Sure, you're Great, you're tan and healthy, even younger looking. Why, Ken, you want a raise or something? No. <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for that last round. You, you really think I look younger? I do, well. Day by day, you're getting to look more and more like Larry Parks. <laughs> well, maybe someday I'll play him in his life story. Now, you don't look that good, Al. I don't, huh? No. Well, look, you don't think so. Look, since Palm Springs, I want to tell you something. We all look better. I don't. Oscar, that's not so. The trip did you a lot of good. Why, look at you. You're a new man. I hope not. I spent a lot of money giving the old one piano lessons. <laughs> oh, come on, Oscar. <laughs> come on. Fess up, son. Fess up. Palm Springs did you a lot of good. Why, you told me yourself. Why, you were down there, you lost three pounds. Yes. One pound of fat and two pounds of money. <laughs> well, I know it's a little expensive down there at Palm Springs. But when you go to a resort like that, you're supposed to open up a little bit, you know, take the fish hooks out of your pocket and not worry about money. Why, when I left there, I... <laughs> Why, when I left there, the kingfish, that's me, <laughs> I gave each one of the bellboys a $3 bill. There's no such thing as a $3 bell. There ain't? I've been swindled. 
I paid six bits apiece for those things. There was one thing I enjoyed in Palm Springs, Al. Really? It was the dinner you gave for the gang after the show. Oh, I'm glad. You know, I enjoyed it, too. I was stuffing myself with steaks and spare ribs and squabs, and all of a sudden, I remembered who was paying for it. <laughs> the rest of us didn't have any trouble remembering. No? All the steaks had stamped on them compliments of Al Jolson. <laughs> Be friendly. Share this with the person next to you. <laughs> Well, I just didn't want anybody to go away from a party hungry, you know Actually, I liked the dinner very much, Oh, I'm glad, Oscar But every time you got up to sing with the orchestra, I turned positively green Green with envy, huh? No, the trombone player kept blowing the pea soup out of my bowl (laughs) Oscar, on you, any color is an improvement Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining, yeah? but, but I think the food could have been a little better. Oh, no. And the service could have been a little better. But that wasn't the whole party. I sang a hundred songs, didn't I? Yeah. The entertainment could have been better. <laughs> Oscar, no matter what you think, I enjoyed Palm Springs immensely, especially the pretty girls sitting around the swimming pool. Yes, the girls were pretty, but yeah. they sure wore some silly-looking bathing suits. Oh, you're right, Oscar. Did you see uh, that girl with the bathing suit made out of $10 bills? She dived in the pool, and uh, she let out a scream... What happened? Somebody shortchanged her. <laughs> well, Oscar, how about uh, thumping the desert sand off your piano with a little bit of that uh, chicken cacciatura? Uh... <laughs> I guess I don't know my stuff. You'll hear from Russia in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, believe it or not, it won't be the saber dance. It I'll won't? play uh, chicken cacciatorian's lullaby. Go ahead, son, and do your utmost.
Crimson main dish. Have you ever served hot pan-fried Velveeta sandwiches? Ah, that's a grand idea for Lent, and easy. Between slices of bread, put good thick slices of Kraft smooth-melting cheese food, Velveeta. Fry the sandwiches in a skillet of hot butter or margarine until the bread is golden brown on both sides and the Velveeta melting so that its cheddar cheese flavor tastes extra rich and savory. And then pop the sandwiches onto a hot platter and surround them with broiled tomato halves. Hmm, so good. And thrifty, too. Remember, Velveeta is one of the important protein foods, and it helps supply other important nutrients from milk. Get several packages or a two-pound loaf tomorrow for snacks and grand hot Velveeta dishes, too. Oscar, Oscar, that's beautiful. You know, I could sit here all day just listening to you play the piano. That makes two of us. <laughs> no, no, Oscar, please, I'm serious. When you play the piano, I don't know, it doesn't have to be boogie-woogie, that high-class stuff. I know, it's really wonderful. Thanks, Al, but I don't want to take all the credit. The piano is a marvelous instrument. Just think, it has 88 keys, and I can't sing in any of them. <laughs> that's a perfect arrangement. Don't you worry, though, about the singing. You just play and leave the singing to me. I'm playing, Al. I'm singing. Every little movement has a meaning all its own. Every thought and feeling by some posture can be shown. And every love thought that comes a-stealing all your being must be revealing all its sweetness in some appealing little gesture all of its own Very pretty, Al. I often wish I could sing the sweet romantic tones, but my voice doesn't seem right for them. Your voice would be all right if you just putty up the cracks. <laughs> when building costs go down, I'll add a tonsil. Very nicely said. I can sing okay, but I have to stick to songs that suit a baritone profundo, like this one. On the road to Mandalay, where the flying fishes play. One thing I can't understand when I hear that song. How do the fishes play on the road? That's what I want to know. On the road to Mandalay with a fox. Look. Al. What? You didn't comment on my rendition of Mandalay. Anything I'll say will just keep me from sounding like a nice fella. <laughs> now, look, Oscar, give me an old-fashioned apagio, and I'll sing you a song I used to serenade Sophie Tucker with. Sophie Tucker? Yeah. There's a performer. I'll never forget. We were traveling in a show together, and at night, when she was almost asleep, I'd stand under her window, and I'd sing to her. And believe me, it wasn't easy. She lived on a train. <laughs> what, was, what was the name of the song? The name of the song was Cuddle Up a Little Closer. I can understand why it wasn't easy. <laughs> Cuddle up a little closer, lovey mine. Cuddle up and be my little clinging vine. 
like to feel your cheeks so rosy. Like to make you comfy, cozy. Cause I love from head to toe. Sophie Tucker? <laughs> love You do those oldie songs very well Thank you Someday I'd like you to sing a romantic oldie that I wrote You wrote a romantic oldie? What was the name of it? It's called I Want a Girl Just Like the Girl That Sued Dear Old Dad for Breach of Promise (laughs) That's the nuttiest thing I ever heard The music may be nice But honestly, I don't care for the words Well, here's a pretty one that never had any words Oscar, that one is really pretty. You know, it seems to have the overtones of Debussy. And then again... (laughs) And then again, it has just a touch of the undertones of Tchaikovsky. I know one of those guys wrote it. Which one? I can't tell. It's the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. (laughs) Well, I don't know any of those new and coming-up composers. I don't know them at all. No. No. Beethoven was born in... (laughs) You mean the animal no GNU what yeah. the... uh, Incidentally uh, yeah. Talking about Beethoven Yeah He was born in 1770 He's practically a contemporary of yours Yeah, I sang with his band at Ocean Park <laughs> But I, I don't know I don't know why Beethoven wasted so much moonlight on a sonata Moonlight is for a girl in romance I feel a Jolson song about a girl approaching It's arrived Moon shining on the river Come along, my Liza Breeze singing through the treetops Come along, my Liza Something mighty sweet I want to whisper sweet and low That you ought to know, my Liza I get lonesome, honey, when I'm all alone so long Don't make me wait Don't hesitate Come and hear my song Liza, Liza Skies are gray But if you smile on me All the clouds will roll away Liza, Liza Don't delay Come keep me company And the clouds will roll away See The honeymoon is shining down We Should make a date with Parson Brown Liza, Liza Name the day When you belong to me And the clouds will roll I 
beg your pardon. I beg your pardon, you. you yes, yes. yes, If you're through singing, Liza, I wish you'd tell Mr. Jolson that Edward Everett Horton is here, please. Well, I'm, uh, I'm Al Jolson. That is a most unsatisfactory answer. <laughs> but I suppose it'll have to do. But look, I'm telling you that Don't I... Don't argue with me. Eddie, I'm not arguing. I told you I'm Al Jolson. Why? Huh? <laughs> I mean, who... Oh, not really. Yeah. Oh, my word, of course. Oh, sure. I can see it now, yes. Okay. Oh, naturally. You are Al Jolson. Yeah, I'm Al Jolson. You yeah. know, you don't look a day older than when I last saw you. When did you last see me? This morning. <laughs> but, Eddie, look, there's no reason that you shouldn't know me. I lived next door to you in the valley for years, oh, remember? Oh, of course I remember, of course. You were in the house next to me. Abs- right, right next, next door, yeah, yeah. yes. You know, right after you moved out, we tore down the high wall. Yeah. <laughs> but, Al, tell me, what are you doing now? What am I doing mm. now? I'm on the radio. I sing. I sing. Sing, Oh, yeah. of course. Oh, how well I remember. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had to have that wall soundproof. Yes, I remember. It's strange, awfully strange, though, that I haven't heard anything about well, you. Well, I, I, honestly, I don't know why you haven't. They made a picture about my life. Everybody a knows picture? that. A picture about my life. A picture about your life? Yeah. My dear me, don't they usually wait until the person passes on? <laughs> They got tired of waiting. <laughs> but you know, Eddie, I mean, speaking about, you know, who yeah. am I, who are you? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard about you lately. Why, my What's become word, of you? Never in my life. What's become of you? That's what I want to know. Oh, what a question. Yeah. Well, I, um... Uh... What's become of you? Yeah, what's become of you? Well, what has become of me? I don't know. Oh, don't tell me. I know. Yeah. I know. Yes, of course I know. I had a very successful tour with my play, Springtime for Henry. I saw it in Key West. Yes, oh, didn't you? Yeah. And then there's my work in interior decorating. And, of course, I still continue my hobby of buying antiques. Don't look at me. I'm not for sale. <laughs> my dear boy, you needn't worry. Have no fear. Have no fear. Rest your fears. Yeah. I only buy antiques that are in good condition. <laughs> Oh, but my word, Al. Yeah. Oh, now as I look at you, you know, you could be. You could be scraped and bleached. Yeah. <laughs> and you would look wonderful, Al, wonderful, in a, in a game room, mounted on a sort of a silver, a silver, uh, a shield or something. Alongside of you. Yeah. <laughs> look, Eddie, please, let's cut out this band about a mounted on a shield. Since you do interior decorating, you might be interested to know I'm going to remodel my house, you oh, know. Oh, really? All yeah. Right. Well, well, what do you intend to do with it? Well, I may build a left wing, and then again, I may put on a right wing. What do you think? I don't care. Just save me a drumstick. Oh, <laughs> oh your house. Oh, my house, oh, yes. Course, drumstick. I'm not talking about a turkey. About? Yeah. Well, you know, Al, you know, really, I can help you immensely with the decorating. Well, you may and you may not, but I, I have some ideas of my own. Now, I thought that the wallpaper pattern could be hundreds of little pictures of me. Just little pictures of me. Good heavens, man. You mean to have every wall in the house covered with your pictures? Yeah. I never get tired of that pattern. (laughs) Well, after all, a man like you is his best friend. (laughs) Now, Al, really, I could do an excellent job of decorating your bedroom. I really could. But first of all, I'll have to know something about your sleeping habits. My sleeping habits? Yes. Well, I sleep on my left side. What? I don't know what I could tell you sleeping, except... I wear Dr. Denton's. <laughs> but, uh, I wear Dr. Denton's. Yes, you can look at me funny if you like, but that's what I wear with the footsies in them. Footsies? Yeah, with the footsies. Mr. Footsies, little footsies. Oh, no. I can't believe it. Well, you see, Ed, it. the room is very cold where I sleep, and my feet point north. 
How uncomfortable. <laughs> huh? Yes. Well, why don't you use an electric blanket? I don't like electric blankets. The last one I had was made by a toaster company, and every time I turned it on, it popped me out of bed. I don't <laughs> Mr. Jolson. Well, I understand it perfectly. You're joshing me. I'm not. I declare you get under a person's skin, and I... Well, I just don't have the skin for two people. <laughs> Look, Eddie, don't get mad at me. I didn't ask you to give me advice, you know. I came over here out of the goodness of my heart, Mr. Jolson, to help you decorate your home. But if this is the reception I'm going to receive, just give me my cheese and I'll leave. <laughs> Pardon me, uh, but if you're being nasty to Mr. Jolson... Yes? Here's a book of insults. Why be half safe? <laughs> Oh, so, Mr. Jolson, you had to call out your bodyguard, Bodyguard? I haven't any bodyguard since I let my body go. <laughs> this is Oscar Levant. Oscar Levant? Young man, what do you do? Where do you come from? How do you make a living? Am I supposed to know you? Are you anybody? Do you run down or does someone have to pull out a plug? <laughs> Eddie, look, Oscar's a famous musician. He played piano at Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall. And now he's working with Al Jolson. <laughs> You poor, poor boy. Wait a minute. I'm not that bad. Oscar, you've been with me, well, a long time. Tell him what you think. I'm a poor, poor boy. <laughs> Mr. Levant. <clears throat> Mr. Levant, if you play the piano, and mind you, I'm not saying that you do, perhaps you'd be interested in seeing the musical instruments in my antique collection. Oh, yes, Oscar. Eddie has some great things. He's got the megaphone that Rudy Valley used to sing through. He has a wire net in it for stopping grapefruit. And uh, I don't want to buy anything, but maybe I can sell you an antique piano. A genuine antique piano? Well, it was no last year, but I've been playing Jolson songs on it. <laughs> oh, that does nick them, doesn't it? <laughs> what are you asking for it? $9,000. $9,000? That's an awful lot of money for a piano. Well, the price includes two pairs of nylon stockings for the legs. My, you know, I've never seen nylon stockings on piano legs. <laughs> You've never seen my Aunt Sadie. <laughs> Say, Eddie, have you got anything in musical antiques that I could use? Oh, would you be interested in Toscanini? Toscanini? Is he a good accompanist? Oh, no, 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 I guess you wouldn't. But I have it. I have it, Al, I have it. It's a delightful old song, and it tells the most beautiful story. Really, if it's an oldie, I'm interested. What's the name of it's it? It's called, How Does the Hen Know the Size of the Egg Cup Before She Lays the Eggs? <laughs> that sounds like a good number for you, Al. If you get tired of it, you can always eat it. Okay, Eddie, do me a favor, sing it first, will you? Oh, I hoped you'd ask me. <laughs> all right, musicians, all right, up on your roosts. <laughs> oh, how does a hen know the size of an egg cup when she lays her eggs? With no egg cup beside her, with nothing at all to guide her, no one to tell her the actual size, no matter how she begs, Yet, how does a hen know the size of an egg cup when she lays her eggs? You know, these days it takes downright genius to feed a family well on a food budget. But homemakers, here's a three-way help. It's Kraft's nutritious, smooth-mouthing cheese food, Velveeta. Help number one is the way Velveeta helps you make economical, good-eating main dishes. Just melt Velveeta for a smooth cheese sauce that stretches leftover meat. It's grand on eggs, fish, seafood, and vegetables. And remember, Velveeta is a protein food. Helps supply food values you expect from a main dish. And now, Velveeta's help number two. It's with those snacks. If you buy the two-pound loaf of this cheese food, 
you'll have plenty to spread for snacks and for cooking, too. And Velveeta's help number three is with lunchtime sandwiches, plain or toasted. Slice Velveeta's nutritious goodness thick. And those Velveeta sandwiches make a real main dish at lunchtime. So for swell but economical main dishes for grand snacks and sandwiches, tomorrow morning get Velveeta in the economical two-pound loaf size. Folks, before I sing my next song, I want to remind you that there are many times a year that people turn to the Red Cross. But only once a year does the Red Cross turn to the people. That time is now. The Red Cross performs services of many kinds in every community. For whatever you give to this organization, part of it goes to a veteran still in a hospital. We can never do too much for these men, nor can we ever forget them. Now, for any of these boys that may be listening to me, here's a song that many of you asked me to sing. And for you fathers and mothers that are home, here is an oldie I know that you all love. Give me an apagio, will you please? I'm always chasing rainbows Watching clouds drifting by My schemes are just like all my dreams ending in the sky some fellow search and find the sunshine I always look and find the rain some people make a winning sometimes I never even make a game, believe me, I'm always chasing rainbows, searching to find a little
Next Thursday, our special guest will be Edward G. Robinson. This is Ken Carpenter saying goodnight. Stay tuned into this station to hear Jack Carson with Eve Arden, who will follow immediately. A bit of extra flavor and zest will turn an ordinary meal into a special treat, and here's an easy way to do just that. Use Kraft's prepared mustards. There are two kinds, you know. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. <laughs> 